Hello there, this is Monica Reinagel of The Change Academy, and I wanted to jump in here just in case you're listening to this podcast for the first time. In the episode that you're about to listen to, you'll hear me and my co-host, Brock Armstrong, with whom I launched this show back in 2020. But change has come to The Change Academy. Although Brock is still an important part of our team, he's no longer co-hosting the show. We talk all about that in episode number 102 if you're curious to learn more. I hope that the Change Academy will continue to be part of your listening life going forward. But right now, please enjoy this episode from our archive. All right, all right, take your seats, everyone. This time we're talking about goal setting. Take your seats, please. Thanks. This is the Change Academy podcast, a show where we give you the tools and the strategies that can help you create sustainable, positive change in your habits, in your mindset, and in your life. I'm Brock Armstrong. And I'm Monica Reinagel. You know what, Brock? Sometimes we reach our intended goal and sometimes we don't. That's just the truth of it. But <laughs> It's true. Yep. <laughs> but I really think that by working hard toward any goal, we're always going to be learning, changing, and growing. It's always worth it, even if we don't always reach the goal that we originally set out to. But what we want to talk about today, actually, is that art of setting goals. Because I do think that that is an art, or at the very least, a skill worth cultivating. And specifically, we're going to talk today about how useful it is to recognize your own goal-setting tendencies or personality, because this can then help you avoid some of the pitfalls that might go with that tendency, and just as important, to tap into your superpowers. So excited to talk about this today. I'm excited too. This is something that I hadn't really thought about when you wrote the the article that I believe is on your Medium page. I was pretty excited, and then it turned into a quiz, and yeah, we'll we'll get into it, but I'm yeah, I'm excited about this topic as well, but before we dig into that, we got some audio feedback from one of our listeners and we absolutely love it when that happens. So, here is some feedback we got. Hello there. Hey, I just wanted to give you some quick feedback. I just this morning listened to episode 60 on the speed of change, then went back and listened to episode 56 on rhythms and schedule. I really like what you guys are doing. I love the Two different takeaways, uh, Brock and Monica's on episode 56, and just wanted to say thank you. You guys are doing an amazing job. I love that. I'm so happy that even when we aren't walking in lockstep with all of our ideas and our thoughts, that we're still providing some uh, some great information and, and inspiring people. Oh, and it's just so nice when people take the time to give us feedback, whether it's constructive criticism or just a nice thank you like this. I, that really feels great. And by the way, if you've been inspired by this and you would like to give us some feedback, you can do that on our website at changeacademypodcast.com. We have a little button where you can leave us a voicemail just like this listener did. And you know, the, what made me really excited about getting this, anytime we get any feedback, whether it's written, whether it's audio, anytime we get some some real gratitude from the listeners it makes me makes me really happy and I always sort of store it away somewhere where I can go and find it again because I like to go back and just refresh my mind sometimes when I'm feeling like we're just shouting into the abyss or what am I doing here anyway having those moments of doubt and imposter syndrome I suppose 
going back to those and and reading the emails and listening to the audio can really reignite some some passion and recently i actually found out that there's some science behind this you're probably familiar with the idea of doing gratitude practices yeah there's been a lot of research on the the benefits of keeping a, a gratitude list or taking a few moments every day to think of some things that you're grateful for yeah and the thing that has been the most popular in those gratitude practices has been to do something like around the dinner table everyone say something that you're grateful for mm -hmm. or at the end of the day write down five things that you're grateful for right. in your life and while that has been shown to be very effective, they've actually found at Stanford University, they were doing a recent, a very recent study where they were talking about or looking into the idea that one of the real key elements of a highly effective gratitude practice is actually some narrative or some story around it. So the idea is that if you have done something in the past where somebody expressed great gratitude to you, you you did something for someone, writing it down into sort of a story or remembering the story and telling it to yourself can actually like just skyrocket those benefits of rewiring your brain, can help with alleviating past trauma, it can reset your your fear centers, it can really help you wire yourself for more positivity. Hmm. But also if someone has expressed gratitude to you for something, say in an email or in a voicemail like we just got from one of our listeners, reliving that and listening to that again or telling yourself the, the story in narrative form and then by playing it out in your mind or listening to it even, even better, you can really skyrocket the effects of that gratitude practice. So thought that was just a, an interesting thing that I stumbled across. And then we got this voicemail and I thought, well, doesn't that fit well together? Well, the other interesting thing about this is that so often these gratitude practices are about the benefit to the person who is feeling the gratitude. That when I sit down and think of the things that I'm grateful for, it makes me feel better about my life. But look how powerful it is to express gratitude to someone else. You know, to to receive mm -hmm. grat gratitude is also very gratifying, it turns out. <laughs> so we can maybe also extend our gratitude practice by taking that extra step to let the people that we're grateful for know that we're grateful for them. Absolutely. <laughs> but this episode is not about gratitude, <laughs> Are believe you sure? it or not. <laughs> I just took us on a crazy little rabbit hole, but let's get back to our topic of goal setting. Yeah, let's do this. You know, down in our... Um, exercise studio. We have a bike on a trainer and it looks out a window and on the windowsill of that window. So I look at it for 30 minutes every day in the wintertime. Hmm. On the windowsill is this little block of marble that was given to us from a friend of ours, an artist, Tony Walker is his name. And he had chiseled uh, a quote into this. And it was a quote from Henry David Thoreau, the guy who wrote Walden. And the quote is this, mm -hmm. in the end, you only hit what you aim at. Now, my friend was actually being kind of politically correct because I, I looked up this quote just to make sure that I had it attributed correctly. And Thoreau actually said, in the end, man only hits what he aims at. But, uh, Tony had cleaned it up a little bit for us. Uh, and, you know, he meant it to inspire us to reach for our dreams and, and all of that. And then when I see this, I always think warm thoughts of Tony, although given our just conversation we just had, I, I feel like I need to reach out and <laughs> express my gratitude to him. Perfect. Yeah. But the, the funny thing about this, the reason I'm starting with this anecdote is that I actually think that Thoreau is completely wrong. I think that this, I think this quote is false. Uh oh, 
that we that we only hit what we aim at because personally I have hit all kinds of targets that I definitely was not aiming for you know and it didn't set out to achieve that may have been trying to achieve something completely different and achieve this instead but what I have found to be true is that when you're aiming at anything you're definitely more likely to hit something Right. And, you know, I'm a little bit embarrassed because I'm going to bring up Wayne Gretzky here. You bring oh Henry David Thoreau into the conversation. <laughs> of course, there's a Wayne hockey qu- reference. Yeah, I'm Canadian. What, am I say? what can I say? <laughs> but I even but, know that Wayne Gretzky is a hockey player. So that like points for me right there, right? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you know one hockey player, it's Gretzky. Anyway, but uh, there's a famous quote that's, that actually did come from Wayne Gretzky. I'm sure he wasn't the first one to say it, but a lot of people know him for this. He actually said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a similar sort of idea, except it's much more along the lines of what you were actually thinking is is more true. In my recreational hockey experience, I rarely actually thought about where I was shooting the puck other than towards the net. <laughs> and some, and I did manage to score some goals sh- simply by shooting the puck in the general direction of the net and kind of hoping for the best. <laughs> right. Yeah, because sometimes it really does work. And, and I can actually look at my career, speaking of personality types, and I think I approached a lot of my business for many, many years in the same sort of way that if I just shot the puck in the general direction of the net that I might score a goal. But I also know that I probably wasted some time, wasted some money and definitely wasted some effort in the in the process. So it's definitely not the thing. It's not the personality type I want to uh, to hang on to. <laughs> well, you know, in the work that we do as behavior coaches, health coaches, I've definitely noticed a few different kind of profiles, goal setting personalities, I'll call them, that are recognizable to me. When I see people kind of expressing this personality type, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that type. (laughs) And each of them definitely has some unique strengths, but they often also have sort of a shadow side, like some weaknesses to them. So I think it can be kind of useful to be aware of your particular goal setting personality, because it can help you avoid those pitfalls, but also help you sort of lean into your strengths or your superpowers. So I went ahead and defined three of the ones that I recognize as being the most common. And let me just kind of run through them and and see if any of these sound familiar to you. That sounds great. But I'm going to throw a little caveat in. And that is if you don't recognize your exact type in what Monica is about to, to describe, we actually do have a quiz set up that you can go and take over at changeacademypodcast.com slash personality. So changeacademypodcast.com slash personality, and it'll walk you through figuring out which personality type is your own. And uh, you don't even have to give us anything for that. We're just giving you that for free. Right. Yeah. We're not going to ask for your email to email your results to you as those quizzes often do. It's just there for you. So the first type that I've identified is what I've called the go-getter. And Mm -hmm. this is, these are the signal attributes. You know, these are people, if you're a go-getter, moderation, not your style. (laughs) If you're doing it, you're doing it 100%. So this is the type that instead of, you know, cutting back on something, you're going to go cold turkey. You're not going to have any of it at all. Or 
uh, often the go-getter type, instead of just deciding to tackle change in one area of their life or one little aspect that they want to work on, they go in for the extreme makeover, change everything (laughs) at once. And somehow, you know, the bigger the challenge, the more enticing it is to the go-getter. So the obvious, you know, strength superpower of the go-getter in my mind is that they're not scared off by difficulty. You know, these people Mm. are willing to set the bar high for themselves. And that's a huge strength, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. There's so many people that would just kill for that attribute. Right, right. Fearless. Now, the potential pitfall of the go-getter is that they sometimes, well, bite off more than they can chew. They they have a very, very ambitious (laughs) plan that turns out not to be sustainable. And And the other thing that tends to go along with this personality type, in my observation, is that they're very frequently these kind of all or nothing types. So if they slip a little bit or fall off the the plan just even a little bit, then they're likely to abandon the entire project. And so if something crops up that they don't expect and they can't do it 100%, then they're back to 0%. If their streak is broken, then it's over. Right, exactly. Yeah. So my advice, if, if that sounds familiar to you, if you feel like, yeah, that might be me, <laughs> then, the, <laughs> then the advice here for the go-getter types are that to remember that even a relatively modest change, if you sustain it over time, can be really impactful and in fact can make a bigger difference than a big all or nothing gesture that only lasts for a few days or a few weeks. So you really want to focus on progress and not perfection. Wow, that's uh, we could use that as our motto, I think, yeah, right. around Change I think Academy. Many people have. <laughs> okay, okay, what's the next one? So that's the go getter. So the next type, and I'll just disclose right here this is my type, is what I call the systems analyst. <laughs> I am not surprised. Right. You saw that you saw this coming 100 miles away, but yeah, for Ms. For, spreadsheet herself. Yes, yes. I, many of you know, I have a little bit of a problem with spreadsheets. Uh, but for the systems analyst, we are all about the systems, the, the schematics, the design of it, you know, and the more specific we can be about how this is all going to work out, the better. And as you know, Brock, every single project, every thought I have, every little notion <laughs> that comes into my mind gets its own spreadsheet. Oh, it gets no. a new chap, new tab in my notebook. It gets its own color on my calendar, you know, the whole, the whole nine yards. I aspire to a modicum of that. Oh, well. But that sounds like some sort of fresh hell to me. (laughs) Well, this is why we make a good team, because I know that's definitely not you, definitely is me. So the the superpower here for the systems analysts among us is that, you know, we really think about our goals before we tackle them. We do our research, you know, we we they're very carefully considered and we're very likely to anticipate what the potential barriers are or kind of have a contingency plan or, you know, really have mapped out a detailed path to success. When you put it like that, it seems totally reasonable. (laughs) Right. I mean, these are all um, skills and strategies that we often recommend to increase Mm -hmm. your chances of success if they don't come super naturally to you. But of course, there is also a shadow side here. And that is, and I see this in myself too, and that is that With all that planning and preparation and and design and analysis, sometimes things never get beyond that planning and preparation stage. Hmm. And I think that one of the things that motivates the systems analyst 
is that you don't want to stumble or you don't want to choose before you've considered all the different options because there might be a better option that you just haven't considered yet. Mm-hmm. And ultimately that can that can keep you from taking that first step at all because you're just going to keep researching. Right. So a lot of people call that analysis paralysis. And I think that's probably the... That's right. I was trying to think of, there was something pithy that I knew was in the back of my brain. That's yeah. it, analysis paralysis. We have a lot of people who come to us for, for the Wayless program who have been stuck in that for years mm-hmm. and years trying to choose the perfect diet and and they never really actually follow through on doing any of them because they're just too busy trying to find the perfect one. Yeah, which one is the is the right one? Yeah. So for all of us systems analysts, we just need to remember that, yeah, I mean, a goal without a plan is just a wish, but we, we're at the other end of the spectrum where a plan without taking action, that's just a fantasy. So we need to make sure that we don't let that analysis paralysis set in and let things get so complicated that they kind of collapse under their own weight. It's a fantasy, but it's a very well-written, well-researched yes. fantasy. Color-coded. It's like one of those novels that they create a, an entire new language for. <laughs> one of those kind of fantasies. Oh, my spreadsheets have their own spreadsheets. <laughs> I have spreadsheets just to keep track of where all my spreadsheets are. Okay, so there's one more type that I have seen often enough to, to have categorized into a type. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is what I call the manifester. You know, just manifest things into reality. So I suspect these, this might be me. This might be you, Brock. So these are the folks who who decide, you know, on a whim, hey, you know what? I want to run a marathon. Never ran before. Don't even bother to get decent sneakers. Just head out the front mm-hmm. door and start running a bunch. You know, and four months later, don't you know, they cross that finish line. But then, you know, are just as like, this isn't you, but, you know, just as likely to having crossed that off, checked that box, they never run again. No need. They did it. Yeah, it's like, did it. Done. Right. I have friends who um, have signed up for this writer's challenge that happens in November. So it's done for the year where you you commit to writing an entire novel in the month of November. Mm. And uh, people sign up for it every time. And some people actually finish it. The results, I'm not sure, are always terribly good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can see that. But you know what? They've got a finished novel to show for it. You know, and I think for these kinds of folks, you know, the the how they do it or even the why they're doing it is less interesting than just getting it done. These are folks that just love to check that box, you know, did Mm -hmm. it, done. So is this you, Brock, do you think? I think... I, I have a lot of this in me, and I'll, I'll, I'll get to that after. Let's, let's finish talking about the manifestors Okay, first. so, so the, the superpower of the manifestors is that they, this is like the polar opposite of the systems analyst, they make decisions quickly, and they never spend any time second-guessing whether they made a good decision or not. It's just, you know, yeah. decide and move on. And a lot of times, most of the time for these folks, once they set their mind to doing something, it's pretty much as good as done. You know, once they say they're going to do it, they do it. And because they're, you know, just moving quickly from like, yeah, that sounds good. Let's do it. These people tend to achieve a lot of goals because they just decide quickly, I'm going to do it. And then they do it without a whole lot of thinking about it. That's the the saying, move quickly and break, break things. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. If there is a downside to this one, maybe it's just that people who have this tendency to end up pursuing goals that that may not actually be that important to them, you know? Mm. 
that because they don't think too long about, you know, whether or not to do it, they just do it. And they may spend a lot of time and energy. I guess that's my point. Pursuing a goal that ultimately is not um, serving a larger vision. It's just kind of goal setting for goal setting's sake, you know, not not to move towards something. So, I mean, it's not a big downside, but it it does suggest that maybe all of that energy and that ability to follow through, I mean, that's what manifestors have in spades is that crazy follow through, right? Is Is not being applied to its higher purpose, that you could be doing more with that by really thinking, like, what am I trying to create? What larger vision do I want my goals to serve? What am I moving toward? So my advice to manifestors is not to lose any of that enthusiasm, but maybe before committing to that next goal, consider why achieving that particular goal is important to you. And also, might want to just take a minute to think just for a sec about what you might have to give up or or even just defer in order to pursue that. Because if we've talked about this a lot before, when you say yes to something, you're always saying no to something else. So you want to think about like, well, what am I, what am I saying no to by saying yes to this? And is that a good trade for me? Have you ever done the Myers-Briggs test? Is that the one where you get the four letters? Yeah. Yes, I have. Yes, yeah, so I, I tried to do it on two different occasions, but there were so many questions. Oh, it's a, it's long, I, yes. Yeah, I couldn't finish it. And obviously with this quiz, it's nowhere near the Myers. <laughs> 12 questions. <laughs> yeah. So anything that's generalizing that broadly is likely to, to be well very general. So mm. if you don't find yourself exactly in one of those places or one of these personality types, I think... It doesn't mean that this is a useless um, procedure to go through because you can still learn a lot from this by answering those questions. And and maybe you'll come up with your own fun kind of uh, pithy title for yourself as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. These are, like I said, these are three types that occurred to me just because I feel like I've seen them a lot, but I'm sure there are more or hybrids, you know, one part this, one part that. Um, so yeah, if if you have another type or listeners, if you, if you have thought of a type that I haven't, that you feel like, Oh, Monica totally missed this one. Like I want to hear about it. Yeah. I was thinking originally when, when we were getting ready for this episode that I was, I was going to be, uh, I, I was going to call myself a spaghetti sticker, <laughs> like throwing <laughs> spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. Exactly. Yeah. Just shooting the, pucks the in the general direction of the net. Shooting pucks in the general squirrel. direction. Yeah. Yes. Me and me and Wayne Gretzky peas in a pod. <laughs> But, you know, after going through this in, in more detail with you, I do think I fall into that manifestor quite mm. neatly. So I don't feel like I need to uh, invent my my own puck shooter or spaghetti sticker. Well, you know, but that that little that is a cute moniker, the spaghetti sticker. But what it brings to mind for me is a is a type that maybe I didn't capture. And that is someone who uh, starts a lot of goals, but very little of the spaghetti sticks to the wall. Right. Right. And and so doesn't it so not like the manifester in that, yeah, we'll start things without a lot of thought, but then we'll very easily give up on them. Yeah. Right. And so uh, so they start a lot of goals. They don't finish a lot of goals. They don't beat themselves up over it. Easy come, easy go, you know, that kind of thing. Which does not describe me. So I'm I'm taking right. that back. Right, right, right. But maybe that is, maybe there are others who might identify that like, yeah, I start 12 goals a week <laughs> and finish none of them. So just to follow through in our little uh, pattern here, I think the power, if there is one of a spaghetti sticker, is 
a little bit like that go-getter, like sort of fearless, like never met a goal they didn't like, and and um, willing to just kind of take a step forward, like the manifester. Yeah, give it a try at least. Yeah, for, yeah, at least give it a give it a, a decent go. Right. And the reward for that is that you might try a lot of different fun things because you're not going to, you know, think yourself into paralysis like I would about like, <laughs> but do I want that? Mm-hmm. So so that would definitely be a strength and that you might try a lot of different things that you really uh, enjoy or, or learn a little bit about. And if there's a pitfall, obviously, it would be that, you know, the, well, maybe it's just that you're constantly being distracted by the next goal. You know, the next day it's like 12 more yeah. interesting things pop up on the horizon. And it's that, you know, by constantly shifting from one goal to the next goal and never actually care, you never get that satisfaction of checking that box. I have a friend that fits this perfectly. I'm ah. constantly saying, that's an amazing idea. You have to do that. And then two weeks later, a new idea he's presenting to me. I'm like, oh, that's an amazing idea. You have to do that. And it's five years later. I'm like, what happened to that amazing idea? He's like, oh, I've got 10 more. Well, I'm not going to out that person, but I think I know who it is. (laughs) I bet you can guess. All right. Before we out any more of our friends, I have a few takeaways to sum up from this topic. Okay. So number one is knowing the aspects of your personality that contribute to setting good goals for yourself can, well, point you in the direction of success. Yeah. And working toward any type of goal is likely going to benefit you, but being strategic can, well, can lower your effort and raise your success rate. For sure. Number three is focusing on and understanding your superpowers as well as your pitfalls. And I would say equally, well, that can give you a real leg up. You want to just focus on one without the other. Exactly. Yeah. And finally, even if you feel like you are more complicated than what we described here, which is quite possible. For sure you are. The point still stands. Know thyself. (laughs) Right. So this, uh, the lab experiment for this episode seems kind of obvious, and that is, why don't you hop on over to changeacademypodcast.com and answer those 12 questions, see what kind of a result you get. If you don't like it, I'm happy to fight with you about it. Just dial <laughs> us up on on our voicemail there and and read me the riot act, you know, or or tell me uh, tell me which personalities we need to add to our schematic. We can crowdsource this. So it's changeacademypodcast.com slash personality. All right. I need to go make a spreadsheet. (laughs) I need to go start on a new goal. (laughs) (laughs) We'll see you next time. All right. All right. Thanks, everyone. This has been the Change Academy Podcast with Brock Armstrong and Monica Reinick.